Genesis chapter 18. It's, uh, it's been good having Natalie here with us for a couple of days, and uh, I'm uh, always thankful for her family, thankful for her. That's a blessing, and uh, glad that you could be here with us and get some time with your buddies. Thankful for that. And it's good to have Miss Lisa with us tonight, um, Madeline's, uh, Madeline Holesclaw's mama. Uh, so uh, I, was, I was standing over here, and I'm like, man, Parker and Madeline have somebody with them that I don't recognize. And I'm like, who, who is I'm just, you know, trying to sing and not stare like a weirdo. And, but like, who is that person? And then I walked over, and she just grabbed my hand and started shaking. I'm like, who are Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. Anyway, we're glad that you're here, hallelujah. So it's great to have her back in town and uh, just thankful for their family. And I'm glad to see you tonight and uh, excited, always excited and thankful about being in church. And it's good, to, it's good to be here. I said I'm always excited about being in church. Well, that's not always true. But Jesus is always good even if we're not excited about it. And we need him on Sunday, and we need him on Wednesday, and we, we ought to be excited about it and help ourselves to be excited about it. So I'm thankful for you. So glad to be here tonight. We're doing things a little different, obviously, so we're going to have our prayer time at the end of the service. And uh, man, I, I just want to communicate some things, and then I'm reading the missions letter tonight because of the, the nature of it. And then just want to use that to build off of how the Lord spoke to us at the missions conference um, the past week. It was a great missions conference, man. And just Sunday, Sunday morning all the way through Wednesday night, just feel like God worked. And so I want to try to build on some of those things. And so we'll do that, and then we'll get to the prayer time. So Genesis 18, verse 16 And the men rose up from thence and looked towards Sodom, and Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. And then it goes on to talk about his his confidence in him. In verse 20, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, And because their sin is very grievous, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is come unto me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, behold, now I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. 
Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous. Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left communing with Abraham. And Abraham returned unto his place. So we, we heard, and I, I hope you will remember it. If you, if you don't remember it, that you'll go back and look at your notes. Or that you'll get with Miss Carrie and get the link for it. We heard an amazing message about some practicalities of prayer on Wednesday night. Uh, specifically about how to pray for missionaries in specific countries. If you've looked at the prayer bulletin tonight with any attentiveness, you've seen some of that in just a little different format incorporated as a weekly reminder of how we need to be praying for our missionaries. And so with, with that in mind, I just I want to talk to you about this. We're not covering all the context of this passage. And you say, well, I think these things about different parts of it. The point is not that. Here's what is undeniable about this, is that Abraham had access to ask God for something specific. And we just want to look at that and be encouraged in our prayer life. I, I say it on Sunday morning. I hope you don't resent it. And, and I don't believe that you do. But I try to remind us constantly that, that Sunday morning, we are devoting time to humbling ourselves before God. It's a worship service, and we want to bow before him. And we worship in a lot of ways, but we want to do that. Wednesday night, we try to devote some time to prayer. And I, I can't tell you how badly in my heart I want to prevent in my own life this just being another service, and we stop and pray for two and a half minutes, and then we say, well, we did our thing and we prayed. And then we check out. And I so want to avoid the ditch of benefiting from God on a daily basis, but then only spending time with him in serious prayer, maybe every couple of weeks, or maybe every other crisis. You see what I mean? I, I don't, I don't want to be reactive in my prayer life. I, I want to be, be proactive. And, and there's something here that it, you know it, you know it. And I'm not, not showing, we're not talking about anything new, but it's just, it's so encouraging. The possibility here, the possibility is so amazing here if we can get a hold of it. Father, thank you that we get to have some time together. Help this to be clear. Help me not to get in the way of it. I just pray that you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thanks so much for standing. Have you ever needed needed someone's help, but then you were too afraid to what? Ask. Uh, recently dealing with something, and uh, a, 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 a friend heard about it and said, I, why, didn't you, why didn't you say something to me? Why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? And I'm like, 
I should have. I just, I didn't. Or you need help moving something, or you need help building something, or you want something. Man, I love the audaciousness of the kids in this church. Pastor, jelly beans. <laughs> I mean, like, sometimes the answer's no, but sometimes it's yes. And then, and then sometimes I'm just, man, you know, I love those services when we just give them to every, well, give them to all the kids. We're never doing jelly bean night for the adults. Well, maybe we should. Man, that's an, I just had an idea up here, hallelujah. But I just, I love it. You just come to church and then people are like, or kids, like, hey, pastor, can we get, can you, we get some jelly beans tonight? And then so, uh, you know, as long as parents are good with it, go back and get them some jelly beans. And then other kids come and they're like, why did they get jelly beans? And I'll say this, because they asked. Because they asked, well, can I have some? No, because I don't like you. No, I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't. The kids are all back in Patrick Bowie. I don't, I don't say that. They're like, you want some jelly beans? Yes, sir. And then go back and, and give them to them. There, there's so much that we have access to that we miss out on because we don't ask. It's this way. And I believe even more this way. God is telling Abraham that he is going to judge Sodom and Gomorrah. This isn't the message, but it, we should pay attention to it, that the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah deserved to be judged. The holiness of God demanded that it be judged. And our nation is no different in its deserving the judgment, the divine judging intervention of God upon us. Sin, sin must be judged. But, but I'm thankful, and you, you've got to think about this. I'm thankful that God made known to Abraham what he was going to do. And literally, God, God goes and says, hey, I, I'm going to tell you because I see these things in you. And I believe God wanted some specific things to, to be revealed that were in Abraham's life for our benefit. It was, it was obvious in this text that Abraham walked with God. Look at verse Number four, 16, the men rose up from thence, and the, this is a reference to the angels that came, that were sent from God to judge. But then it says, Abraham went with them to bring them on the way. And so he tells them that in verse 22, Abraham stood yet before the Lord, and then Abraham drew near. Abraham literally walked with God. There's another reference in the book of Genesis that talks about how he stood before the Lord. And so Abraham has been given access to God by God himself. And in that access, God made known to Abraham what his plan was. And so God tells Abraham, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because of the wickedness that I see, that I observe. And, and so just have, it, have this in your mind as we build toward the point that God wanted Abraham to be aware. God wanted Abraham to have access to him, and then God wanted Abraham to be aware of how he intended to work. Not aware of everything. You can never be aware of everything that's going on in the mind of God. His ways, his thoughts are higher than ours. But there are things about himself that he has indeed revealed to us. And so I asked myself a couple of questions. Is it possible that God knew that Abraham was going to ask him. Think God knew that? Number two, the second question I ask myself is this, is it possible that God wanted 
Abraham to ask him. You know, see, this, this reveals a couple of things about God. God, n- number one, he, he knew that Abraham was going to ask, but he wanted Abraham to ask. And, and I love how his nature is revealed. And, and Abraham is almost feeling this pressure like, I need to bring to God what, what I believe to be true about God. And he said in verse number 25, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? And so God, or excuse me, Abraham is bringing before God what God has revealed himself to be. I am right. I am righteous in my judgment. And so Abraham is saying, God, based on what you have revealed yourself to be, this is what would be right. God knew Abraham was going to ask that. God wanted Abraham to ask that. I believe this. God wanted Abraham to care about the people in that city. In those cities. I believe that. Now you can say, well, God didn't care about them. I completely disagree with that based on his revelation in other scripture. In Ezekiel, God says this, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. No, no, his judgments are right. But to think that God rejoices when the wicked are judged in their sinfulness and that that somehow brings pleasure to God. God himself died so that people could be spared from judgment and it makes absolutely no sense to think that God rejoices over the eternal judgment of people who reject him. You know, and I I hope I'm not losing you here, but we, we need to be really careful. We can have a high standard for what's right and demand right and, and, and have a desire for righteousness and have a, have a desire that right prevail. But we need to be careful about rejoicing over the death of people that we disagree with or that deserve judgment. Because those are people that God died for and that he cares about. And so Abraham begins to ask God for some specific things. It's called, the word is called intercession. It's not used here, but this is what he's doing. He's interceding on the behalf of another. So I kind of know what intercession is based on having children. One of my younger children will come to me. Hey, Dad, we we were wondering if we could play the Xbox or we could go here. And I'm like, did you ask that, or did somebody else want you to ask that? <laughs> and, then, and the older kid just felt like the chances of getting a yes would be greater if someone other than them asked. <laughs> you, mean, you know how that is. I, mean, I, I, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> the answer is usually no, but I still think it's fun. But the idea of intercession is to go before someone of great power on the behalf of another, to plead the cause, to plead the case of another. Now, I want you to notice just a, four characteristics of Abraham's I- intercession. Number, number one, he, he had a walk with God. It, the implication here is that this wasn't the only time he was interacting with God. You know, sometimes our interactions increase in intensity when we want something from him but our interactions diminish when we don't want something from him look i i i have been guilty i many many times of expressing expressing great passion for god when i desperately needed his help and then i can go for days 
without thinking of him properly like he deserves, like I should, when my life is comfortable. No, the, the, the idea of Abraham here that he walked with God is not that he was perfect, but interacting with God just based on how he did it and the comfort level that he had approaching him, this wasn't his first time interacting with him. This wasn't his first time having, this, having a conversation with God and, and being aware of God. Literally, he knew God's mind. And you will say, well, obviously, he knew God's mind because God told him. How many children of God have no idea what God thinks about their life? And they say, it's just a mystery to me, but you don't make any effort to know his mind that he's revealed in the word of God. It's not that God isn't speaking, it's that we don't take time to hear, we don't take time to listen. I mean, can you, can you literally imagine this conversation going on in our culture today with the ticker tape running across the bottom of the TV and the news on 24-7 and constant alerts going on the phone. Oh, what's that, God, you're going to do what? Oh, what's that? Oh, the NASDAQ did this. Oh, what's that? There's been another bombing. Oh, what's that? No, no, it's not that God isn't talking, it's that we're so distracted many times. We're just inundated constantly. We don't hear from him. He had a walk with God. Your, your children need you to have a walk with God. All right, man, you can use it. One program isn't better than another program. We use Patch, Patch the Pirate. I, I love the theme song. We sail with Patch the Pirate across the ocean blue. We want to please our Savior in all we say and do. We serve the King of heaven. You know what we're trying to teach him? Walk with Jesus. No, just love him. Walk with him. But you need to be walking with him. You need to be loving him. A Wednesday night program is not enough. Your children need to see a dad and a mom and grandparents and family and examples that walk with him on a regular basis. Number two, he was humble. Abraham didn't, you say, well, he, there, there, was a, there was a clarity and a boldness, yeah, but he was humble about it. He wasn't arrogant about it. He said, God, this is what you've revealed about yourself, and so I'm asking you to interact with this city and this situation based on what you have revealed about yourself. He didn't complain. He didn't criticize. He simply went to God as, as a very humble with a very humble view of himself, look at verse 27. Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. He was humble. Number three, he was specific. First he says, God, don't destroy the city for 50. Don't destroy the city for 45. Don't destroy the city for 40, 30, 20, all the way down to 10. Now I believe God would have gone lower. I believe that. I, can't, I cannot prove this. At all. I'm just guessing here. This is just in my own brain thing. I think Abraham stopped asking because in his mind, there's no way there aren't 10 righteous people in that city. No, no, that's not a criticism of him. It just demonstrates where Sodom and Gomorrah was. But I believe God would have gone lower. But he was very, very specific. It's okay to be specific. Like this, God, 10 to 15 acres. No, it's okay to be specific. No, God, I'm asking you to do this for this reason 
according to this truth that you revealed about yourself. God, you're not obligated to do it. And God, nothing about us deserves it. But we are trying to serve you. And and we believe that this could help us. And so if in your your sovereignty and in your plan, you would would benefit this to us and allow us to have this. And within, within these specific parameters for this specific purpose... Then, then God, we would be specific. God, would you work in my child's heart for this purpose? And I just, I pray for my children's spouses. I don't know who they all are. I'm trying to arrange different things, but I don't know who they all are. I don't know who they all are. I may not know who any of them are, but God does. No, no, I'm asking God, God, give my daughters a man. Give my daughters a man that will love you and will cherish them the way that you cherish them. God, give my sons wives. Give, my, give each of my sons a young lady that will be as devoted to them as you are to their care. And no, no, I ask God for it. I Asked for specific things. Last thing, he was persistent. And I, so th- this doesn't bother me. I can kill, tell your kids no as easily as I can tell my kids no, okay? So this is not a cause for correcting your children unless you just feel like the Lord wants you to. I have a good time with it. Sometimes they ask me, hey, can we have some jelly beans? I'm like, no. I'm like, oh, pastor, please. And I'm like, oh, you're so adorable. No. <laughs> oh, but pastor, can we? No. <laughs> But pastor, can we? Okay, you win, yeah. <laughs> I was just, man, I'm, it's fun. Man, if this jelly bean thing is bothering y'all, sorry. I, the persistence. You remember the parable that Jesus gave about the wicked judge, but the woman who wouldn't stop asking, the widow who would not stop asking? And and the judge literally said, it's not because I care about you, but it's because you won't stop asking. And then Jesus says, if a wicked judge will respond to persistent requests that way, how much more will the righteous God respond to those who call upon him day and night? Look, look, this is what we think. Well, because he hasn't done it, that means he's not going to do it or because I haven't heard anything, or because these things didn't work out the way that I wanted to. Listen, every request is not going to be answered the way that we want it to. But God, I believe that we miss out on so much. Here's this statement. It is a tragedy to ask so little when we have access to so much. You know what Abraham believed? I have access to the judge of all the earth. And so I will not ask for little. I will ask for much. Two ways that we ask for so little. We ask so little by quantity. What do you mean? We just don't believe that God can do great things. That's what I mean. No, no, no. Sometimes we check out. You don't want to admit it, but you have checked out on praying for people because you haven't seen any change in them. And after a while, it's just like, eh, that's not worth it. 
God, you can't, you can't reach them. No, you wouldn't say God couldn't reach them, but your prayer life reflects that you don't think God will reach them. No, I'm not, no, look, it takes two people for, it takes two parties for God to work in somebody's life. Well, for the work of God to be manifest, they have to respond to it. But man, God can change things in a person's life, no doubt. You say, well, what about our nation? Look, I, I think all kinds of things about our nation, but I do believe that I ought to be praying for our nation. And look, I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not making any kind of guarantee about anything. I believe there are patterns in the Bible that can demonstrate where our nation is heading, but I don't think we ought to give up on it. You think we ought to be praying for God to work, for God to raise up righteous leaders, for God to continue to be merciful to a nation that doesn't deserve it. No, I, I think I ought to be asking for big, big things. And, and I think I ought to be praying for the current leaders, whether I agree with them or not, asking for God to work in them to whatever degree they would be responsive to him, to show mercy and to work and to raise up. I, I, I ought to be asking for things, but we give up sometimes. Well, man, the economy is this, and man, this situation is this, and my heart has been broken this way. And, and we just, we cease because of our own hurt. We cease sometimes because of our own failure. We ask God for so little in, in quantity. Sometimes we ask God for so little in frequency. There are two topics that you can preach about that I'm, that, well, okay, every topic I'm convicted. But the two that I don't feel like I could ever hear too many sermons on are this, witnessing and praying. And, and I don't, I, I hope God helps me to always stay in a place where I hear a sermon on witnessing, I hear a sermon on praying, I'm not going to be like, yeah, I got that covered. Nope, God, I, it's not like I've had too much time with you, and it's God, it's not like I've told enough people about you. And sometimes we just, I'm, I'm amazed at how frequently I can do other things and how infrequently I can talk to him about it. The, the testimony of one of the families, and we don't say them now because we're back on live stream, but the testimony of one of the families, it's just phenomenal what's happening in that country, Wednesday, Wednesday night's message, it's just, it's crazy, it's, it's so awesome, how does that happen? Well, God is capable of doing really great things. You say, well, what was, what was their approach? And they obviously had to do things the right way, and they obviously had to conduct themselves the right way. And sometimes, because of us, we can get in the way. But they're doing the best that they can, but the best that they can do is still limited. So what did they do? Instead of asking so little of a God who is capable of so much, they decided to ask God who is capable of so much to, do, to share some of that so much with them. And yet, I, I am concerned that when I stand before the Lord, I'll be able to see things that could have been, but were not, because I asked so little when I had access to so much. So what discourages you from asking much when you have access to so much sometimes it's because we don't get our way in in other areas you know, just to be honest it hurts when a relationship fragments 
and breaks. You're like, well, God didn't help there. No, no, God does help, but people have to choose to respond to it. Well, my, my loved one that I was praying for, they died. No, do you understand that no matter how many times God heals somebody physically, eventually this body for all of us is going to die? And that, that doesn't make it easier. That's not what I'm saying. But sometimes God heals and sometimes God doesn't. And, and we don't know those answers. And sometimes we don't, sometimes we're just, we're, we're asking more for just the wrong thing. Not that it's a bad thing. But God is trying to grow us. God is trying to get us to a place to where we understand how he's working. Sometimes it's just because we've given up. Sometimes, I, I, maybe I should have made one of these points. I'm landing the plane. But sometimes we feel like, I don't, I'm not worthy of God answering. Okay, Hebrew says it this way. Come boldly before the throne of grace. Okay, Abraham was a liar. <laughs> what do you mean? Hey, babe, you're so pretty. Somebody's going to want to marry you. So just tell them you're my sister because that's not weird at all. <laughs> yeah, my sister's been tagging along with me for like, I don't know, 80 years. Poor thing. Could never find a husband pretty enough for her. <laughs> you're like, that's ridiculous. I know it's in the Bible. And yet he still had access to God. No, you need to admit when you're wrong. And undealt with sin will hinder your prayer. You know what else will hinder your prayer? Not forgiving. No, look, and someone doesn't have to admit that they've done wrong to you in order for you to have a forgiving spirit towards them. And if you want to limit God's response to you, hang on to your resentment and hang on to your bitterness and hang on to your despising of someone. Look, forgiving someone doesn't mean you sanction what they did. It means you release them from the obligation to pay you back and you let God deal with it. And you eat from the table of the grace of Jesus Christ over and over again. I, so why is it that we ask so little? When we have access to so much. It was awesome on Food Truck Friend Day. I just thought of this. I'm looking over here at Dave, his boys. Man, all those football players here, man, is just awesome. It was awesome. They didn't show up because it was just like, hey, we think we'll go to church with you today. Somebody asked. Well, I don't know what they're going to say. Right. Right. I don't know what God's going to do with all these things I ask him about. But I know he's a great God. And I don't want to be guilty of missing out on so much because I just wouldn't ask. Wednesday night has to be more. It, has, it must be more. Your prayer life must be more than just like, yeah, I prayed today. We got to go to God on purpose, for a purpose. All right. So let's open up our bulletins tonight. And we're just going to end the service with this time. All right, so... First of all, uh, the, the sanctuary class, 
um, the Slagles and the Johnsons putting together a cornhole tournament. Thank you for being excited about it. Throw a cornhole bag at your faces if you don't smile about it. Hallelujah. No, it's going to be here in the church. It's going to be awesome. There's even an amazing trophy. So that trophy is coated with some of the gold from Solomon's temple. We were able to find some of it. Put that Okay. I think they're selling it for $9.99 at one of the local thrift stores anyway. No, it's going to be a great time. And, and Okay, Brother Adam's excited about it, whatever. Um, and then the, the college and career class is going on an escape room. I really hope there's testimony about one of those amazing singles getting lost in that thing and stuck in there. It's like, Brother BMI, help. Brother Nate, help us. Anyway. So be aware of that. Um, continue to pray. Uh, we've had several. We've had several people lose family members, and just continue to pray for them. Uh, Brother Don's sister. That service was held a few days ago, and so pr- continue to pray for Brother Don and and for all of his family and and just all of these situations that the Lord would bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus. Um, through that, and, and that he would give comfort. And uh, um, this, uh, this Sunday, I am going to be preaching um, in, in the Seattle area. It's right, right there in the middle of that, all those areas. There's a, a revival that I've been asked to preach. And so I'll be, I think I'll be speaking six times and would appreciate you praying for that. It's my last speaking engagement of the year and sure would appreciate you praying for it. And uh, just if I'm going to do it, I want the Lord to be a blessing. Brother Adam's going to be preaching here on Sunday. Brother Fiavai is going to be preaching on Wednesday night. And this is what I know. We hear from God no matter who preaches here. And so uh, if you'd be in prayer for that, sure would appreciate it. Um, and then notice the missions prayer list. Um, so the, the missionary that spoke, he, he kind of gave an outline. And I've I've edited a little bit, want to make it applicable to all of our missionaries in ways that we can pray for them. So number one, pray for the missionary family. Um, just pray for them as a family. I don't know if you remember the interview. I just kind of asked them what's challenging about marriage. Can you remember that these are families? We, we support one single lady in Japan, Rachel Looper, so obviously it doesn't apply to her, but man, she has challenges too, and so... Pray for, pray for them by name. Number two, laborers to help the missionary do the work of the ministry. And those can be laborers that come from the states or laborers that come from within the own country. Believers, meaning the saved that are in the country. I heard someone, we would not, this individual and I would not agree theologically on a lot of things. They're more in the political realm. But he was, he was speaking at a, a Christian seminar and just about promoting Christian values in the United States. And he said, I don't know what's happened to our country, but we seem to care so little about believers in other nations. And, and you, never hear, you never hear, even within churches, expressing concern for like, man, there's believers. And I could start naming the countries of where um, we, we're able to send money and support to. But, but pray, there, there are believers in places in the world. The things that have gone on this past week, there are believers in those countries. You're like, well, I don't know about them. Yeah, but I just kind of, I tend to believe that God has people in just about every place. And just because we don't know about it doesn't mean that they're not there. 
And, and man, we just see things from a geopolitical perspective. We need to look at it from the perspective of, man, there are some of God's people there, and we need to pray for them and for God's work in them and through them. Uh, number four, creativity. The way that it was stated on Wednesday was out-of-the-box ways that are not outside of the Bible. And just that God would help people to, to be effective in reaching people, and then resources needs to be met um, through the saved or through the lost. And we heard a great testimony about that, man. God, obviously God wants to use us. We're going to announce, it's going to be announced. Brother Max is going to announce it on Sunday morning, um, the total of our missions commitment. I'm so excited about it. I'll go ahead and tell you this. It's more than we've ever had by a lot. <laughs> no, you know, don't clap. I'm just, I'm just pumped. You don't need to clap, whatever. But, it, but it's going to be announced, and it, it, it's just great. And you're like, well, I've heard of churches doing this. Okay, whatever, whatever. That's not, that's not the point. We're not going to weep about that. We're going to rejoice about the progress God is letting us make here. And it's a blessing. I'm just thankful for you allowing God to work in your life and through you in that way. And, then, and so needs to be met through God's people. But, all, man, we heard how God can use the lost to reach needs, to, to minister to needs. And so just praying, praying for those things. And so try to have those things in mind. Um, as you as you pray uh, for our missionaries, can I can I ask you for your help with this? Um, I'm not I'm not mandating it. I'm I'm literally just asking. When Andrea and I pray together, I try to go through this list by name. You say every Wednesday, every Wednesday, I try to go through it by name. It's not the only time I pray for our missionaries, but if I'm going to pray on a Wednesday night, and if we're going to tell our missionaries we're going to pray on a Wednesday night. I don't, Lord bless our missionaries. Okay, look, that works. But, man, if, if we could be specific, you know, imagine the difference with Abraham and the people. You know, God, just, if there's some good people there, spare them. Or, God, if there's 50, 40, 10. God, bless our missionaries. Or, God, you know, Fernando and Amy Padilla are in Germany and, and I don't know what's going on with them, but I sure would like it if you would help them in ways that only you can. Just, just take. I mean, it's going to take me a few minutes longer. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and so just be in prayer about that. And then, you know, pray for health needs and comfort needs. All right, so missions letter. Normally someone else would read it. I want to read it to you tonight because of the nature of it. Not a bad thing, just a reality. Uh, this is from the Disneys that we've supported to Chile for several years. In the last several weeks, we've celebrated the 41st anniversary of our arrival as missionaries to Chile, Dave's 70th birthday and the arrival of a new missionary family to Chile to begin their new lives and service in that wonderful country. And it's been amazing to reminisce about all of that, about our own journey. In Ecclesiastes 3.1, it says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. This verse serves as a reminder that our circumstances do change. That is something to be expected in life. Throughout the years, we have learned that one of the best tools in missionary life, and in Christian life, by the way, is to learn to be flexible with so many changes due to situations we encounter. Our God does not change, and his word is ever true. But as humans, we must adapt as our Lord leads us along the pathways of our lives. We mentioned in our last prayer letter that Dave's treatment under the clinical study was not able to halt the growth of the tumors in his liver. 
our oncologist stopped those treatments right after we wrote to you and we were redirected to another cancer research institute in Denver, which deals with phase one clinical trials. After much testing, Dave was formally approved to take part in the latest study of a promising new drug and began his new chemo treatments on September 6th. Although there is no cure for this cancer, the doctors feel that this might give him more time and hopefully a better quality of life. Over these past months, we have come to realize that it would not be possible to return to work in Chile. And now the Lord has made it sure in our minds and hearts that it is a season for change for our family. For that reason, and after having spent much time in prayer and in meeting with our pastor, trusted mentors and counselors, we are writing to advise you that we are retiring as missionaries effective November 1st. We know that many of you have been aware of this probability, and we would like you to know how deeply grateful we are for your patience, generosity, kindness during this time. We've received constant calls, letters, and love offerings to help us through some rather difficult situations. You have offered unlimited encouragement for each one of these. God bless you. Dave will continue to preach and teach online to our Chilean ministries or wherever he is able to travel until the Lord calls us home. Your friends, Dave and Peggy Disney. Right, so obviously we need to be praying for his health. But this brings up a couple of things that I want to talk to you about before we pray. Number one, that missionaries are not permanent fixtures. Just like a pastor is not a permanent fixture. Just like church members are not permanent fixtures. We have limited time to do the things that God would have us to do. And so we need to take it seriously. We also need to be praying for missionaries and that God would send missionaries. We really, we got to take that seriously, that God would send people. Because people come off the field, and not for bad reasons. They come off the field because God says it's time to come off the field. And sometimes it's health, sometimes it's a different direction. But God does bring people from one field to another place in their life. And so we need to be asking God to, to send people, and even to send people from West Valley. And then, and then just as a, a way of a, a mindset, I've shared this before. When, when something like this goes on in a missionary's life, um, the, we, don't, we don't automatically just stop supporting them. And uh, I just, I believe it's biblical to be generous, and we want to reap certain things from God, and the way that we reap them is we sow them in the lives of other people. And uh, so you say, well, does that mean we're done supporting the Disney? No, we're not done supporting them. We're going to continue to try to be a blessing to them. And, and just to be a help through this season of change. And, and, you know, that different people have different philosophies. I'm not arguing about that. I don't, I don't think that it's always a right or a wrong. I just want to be on the generous side of things if we can. And, and on the, the merciful, the gracious, the kind side of things if we can. And so let's pray for the Disneys tonight. Let's pray for missionaries. You've got other things going on. I, I, I failed to mention this on Sunday. The youth conference that our teens attended last weekend went great. God worked in our hearts in a great way, and just, man, thank God for that. So good. All right, so let's go to prayer. I'm just going to allow you to pray for a little bit, but please do not dismiss yourself. I'm going to ask Brother Fiavi after a few minutes if you'd come up. Whenever you're ready, just, you just, at some point, you get up here, and Brother Fiavi is going to close us in prayer, and then after that, you are dismissed. <laughs>